do you feel broken? Do you feel empty? Do you feel like there's nothing that, that's of any worth in your life that God could redeem and use? Well, stay tuned. Today, we're going to look at a guy named Mephibosheth in the Bible. I know it's a hard name to say. And see how he was redeemed. Plant a seed in my soul. Well, hey there, high school students. Welcome back. As you can see, if you're watching, I'm not in my office today. My office is getting painted along with our outer offices and all that fun stuff. So here we are up in our studio. I've never used this before, although we'll see how it goes. We might like it and we might come in here more often. But for now, um, we're here today to talk about Mephibosheth. That's right. You heard me correctly. Mephibosheth. That is a, that's a mouthful of a name, isn't it? So Turn in your Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 9. I think this is such an incredible story about a young man who was lame in both of his feet, and yet there was worth that he had to King David. And I think King David represents in this story such a heart of God towards us. We're, we're lame in a sense. We're broken. We may not have anything to offer God, but to the world that would look like we have nothing of any worth or value or of any redemption, but to God, there isn't a single person on this planet that he wouldn't want to redeem. So the story, if you, if you get to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 9, uh, leave your finger there, because the story really begins in 2 Samuel chapter 4. And if you look down at, at 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, it says that Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was lame in his feet. Now, he wasn't born that way, so how did he get that way? It says when he was five years old, when news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, that's when Saul and Jonathan were both killed. Their bodies were strapped to a gate outside of a city. Their, their heads were cut off and taken away uh, to show the, the prize that the Israel's de, uh, army had been defeated. So news came, and here's what happens. His nurse took him up and fled, and it happened as she made haste to flee, she fell, and he, uh, he fell, rather, and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. Now turn over uh, to chapter 9, because here's something very incredible. King David is looking for somebody from the house of Saul to bless. And so he asks, is there anyone left? And word comes to him that there is a guy named Mephibosheth. And this guy Mephibosheth is lame in both of his feet. And so David calls for him, and down in verse 6, it says, When Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said to Mephibosheth, and he answered, Here is your servant. And now listen to what David says to him. He says, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for your Jonathan, or for Jonathan your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Now, this is pretty incredible because first of all, David wasn't required to do this, but he did it because he wanted to show kindness to the house of Saul. Now, if you know your Bible, and I hope you do, you'll know that King Saul was constantly chucking spears at David. He was constantly trying to kill him, and he became a little psychotic in it. 
And it was that when David was a young man, that he would be called in to play the harp for King Saul because he would be tormented by demons. And then David would come in and he would play the harp and the distressing spirits would leave, which a little side note, if you're being tormented spiritually, worship is always the best thing to drive away any, any spirits or anything that might be going on in and around your life because they can't stand worship. Demons can't stand worship. So get the, get the word of God, get worship in your life and watch the demons flee. At any rate, David at some point in time started to be envied by Saul and Saul began to chuck spears at him. So the very fact that David is even going back to this house to show any kindness is pretty amazing. But I think because David was a man after God's own heart, that it was the nature of God not to condemn a whole family over one man's sin. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that God doesn't uh, judge a whole family based on someone's sin. So if your dad or your grandfather or you uh, get caught up in some sin, he's not going to curse the whole line of your family because of one man. So here David's going to show kindness and he finds this guy Mephibosheth. Now Mephibosheth thinks he's coming and he's going to get killed. I'm sure that's what he thought because that's what they did back in those days. If, if someone uh, became king, th they would go and they'd wipe out the lineage of the former king. That way no son could rise up and say, I have a rightful uh, place to the throne. They couldn't do it. So Mephibosheth is probably thinking, I'm coming to be killed. And yet here David is showing him kindness. Now I love uh, Mephibosheth's response he says, what is your servant that you would look upon such a dead dog as I? Now, David restores all that he has, but this is the amazing thing. Skip down to verse uh, 11. It says, then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord, the king has commanded his servant, your servant will do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table, listen, like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table. And listen to this. It goes on to add this. And he was lame in both of his feet. I want you to think about something. When Mephibosheth would be out away from the king's table, it would be very apparent that he was lame in both of his feet. But when he sat at the table with the king to eat, it wasn't apparent because it was in his feet, not in his entire body. The table covered his lameness. And at the table, he had his dignity restored. He sat as one of the king's own sons. And the Bible is very clear that for the Christian, someday we're gonna sit at the king's table, at a banqueting table, and think about the picture between what we're reading with Mephibosheth and our King Jesus. He came to heal the lame. He came to restore the broken. He came to give back what we lost in sin. That which separated us, Christ fixed, and now we can sit at his banqueting table because of the sacrifice he made for us on the cross. This was some sort of a sacrifice, I'm sure, for David to have Mephibosheth sitting at the table. Maybe there was other people that thought the king was foolish for allowing, uh, an, as to some degree, an enemy's son to sit at the table. 
But David didn't view it that way. Again, being a man after God's own heart, looking for someone to bless. Let me ask you a question. Did Mephibosheth deserve any blessing? The answer is no. Could Mephibosheth provide anything for King David? The answer is no. Think about that and its implications. Can you and I truly offer anything to the King of Kings? The answer is no. We are lame. We are broken. There isn't anything that we can add to him that would make him better. But you know what? It's not about that. It's that he wants us. And want surpasses need. I've heard people often say, I need to be needed. And I understand what you mean by that. The reality is, is that God does not need us. He wants us. You see, if you need something, you may not want it, but you need it. And I think it's so much greater to think and realize God wants us to be sitting at his table. He did everything necessary for you and I to be sitting at that table. And that day is coming soon. Listen, I don't know if you've been discouraged or downcast, then I would suggest you do like King David when he said, why are you disquieted within me, O soul? And why are you downcast? And then the answer that he gave himself was to hope in God, to hope in God. There is so much to hope in God for. And look, I know this year has been tough and it has taken a lot, but there are still things to be thankful about. And if the only thing that you and I have to be thankful about is the fact that someday soon we get to sit at the banquet table of Jesus, then let's focus on that. But someday and someday soon, we're going to be sitting at a banquet table with Jesus. And yes, we're going to eat in heaven. I look forward to that day. Today I had a sandwich, a turkey sandwich uh, from a place that had some cranberry sauce on it and a little bit of sriracha sauce in it. And I didn't know how that was going to go. But let me tell you something, on some French bread, it was amazing. It was so good. But that's just here on earth. I can't wait to taste the food in heaven. It's going to be phenomenal. Not only that, we won't have anyone telling us that we can't get together and we can't meet. Oh, by the way, there will be no more sicknesses. There will be no more viruses. There will be no more petty earthly tyrants. There's just going to be joy and peace with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So listen, get your eyes up off this world, get them back on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, and be encouraged because someday soon we're all gonna go home. Listen, I love you guys. I pray that this has been encouraging to you. Go and spend some time really meditating on this passages of scripture that I just read to you and really see what the Lord would have to minister to you. We'll see you next time. Plant a seed.